0: Hey guys, welcome along to Hellmouth Hotline. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart. We're getting into a little bit more of the Hammer Collection with a a genuine little horror treat in this episode. This is Dracula, Prince of Darkness. Um, brilliant, brilliant little film. Uh, I'll not waste too much of your time right here. We're going to get into the actual review of it in a moment. But again, before we go any further, I just want to shout out the social media links in the show notes. And uh, as always, feel free to email the the show and check out my website, coinsedgemedia.com for all the other stuff that's happening over there. I'm not just a YouTuber, not just a podcaster. I'm also an amateur aspiring filmmaker. So if you want to get a laugh at how bad some of them are, check out the website they're all there for your your enjoyment all 100 percent free and uh yes let's get on to the review in this episode we're getting into and as i've said at the beginning of the hammer collection i'm just going to go through this box set an order that the discs are coming out of it now it's a weird sort of an an order that the discs are in there Uh, there's a series of Dracula movies that were done by Hammer and what I watched last night was Dracula Prince of Darkness now this is uh, a sequel to their version of Dracula Their, their take on the original story and again like the previous film this one opens up and it gives you like the ending moments of the first Dracula film and you find out how Dracula was defeated at the end of the first film so Dracula the Prince of Darkness once again st- stars Christopher Lee uh, who else is in this film uh, Barbara Shelley Andrew Kerr Francis Matthews, Susan Farmer Charles Bud Tingwell, Forley Walters, Philip Latham, Walter Brown, and George Woodbridge. Um, Yes, this film begins uh, ten years after the events of the original film, Dracula's long since dead, and the natives are paranoid when young girls are found dead or they die under what they feel is suspicious circumstances so we open up the film with a grieving mother trying to fight off the local priest and a whole bunch of other guys ready to put a stake through the young girls heart just to make sure she's not going to come back as one of the undead so when they're trying to do this here another uh, monk turns up And well he's a priest but he he lives in a monastery and you know, he's just like, you know, catch yourself on but there's no there's no vampires anymore, it's all over and done with and he stops him from doing it and uh we find four people. Two couples are on holiday, they're turned through the region and you know, of course the this monk meets up with the four of them in the local bars. He goes on to warm his backside, is the way he puts it, by the fire. And of course, we start to find out a little bit more about what's going on here. These guys are, you know, broadening their horizons by traveling, and they the monk tells him to stay away from the castle. You know, He gives him some advice on where to go and what to do. He can come back and stay with us and whatever and uh, the wife one of the guys is their schedule and not allow for it. So before they go on their way he gives them their warning. There's a castle. Stay away from it. Dracula's castle obviously. So that's not gonna. It's not hard to see what's gonna happen here. Like they, they get a coach, they're traveling along the road, but it's starting to get dark. And like as I said, the locals are paranoid about vampirism and whatnot, even though it's been ten years. And it starts to get dark. They're close to Dracula's castle, and their coach driver freaks out. It's like I'm not going any further up this road. Puts them out on the side of the road and uh, if you're here in the morning i will come back and get you uh, so there's a little woodcutters cabin off the side of the road and the original idea is to stay there that night and all of a sudden a carriage of two horses comes out of the forest stops beside them but the, the carriage has no one on it, there's no driver and uh, so they decide, okay it's probably better getting this coach and going somewhere safer than a little, it's not even a cabin, it's just like a, a log hut, wooden hut in the side of the road that you know, people keep firewood and whatnot on. so they get on the carriage and one of the guys goes up to drive it and of course the two horses are not having any of the directions he's trying to give them and the horses take them to Dracula's castle. So obviously, you know what's going to happen here. It's very predictable. And what's going to happen? Dracula's dead, so he's going to be resurrected at some point in this film. So that does indeed happen. Uh, the two men and two wives are spending the night. There's the lackey of Dracula is serving them dinner and whatnot, and he's telling them that they're his masters. Uh, renowned for his hospitality throughout the region, and um, the more they question him about who his master is, and he just says, his "Master's passed away. He's dead, but he did leave explicit instructions that the castle should always be ready to welcome visitors." So, of course, during the night, I think the two couples go to bed and whatnot, and then they hear noises in the middle of the night. One of the guys goes to. Investigate. Uh, he gets stabbed in the back by Clove, who is Dracula's butler, and uh, you know drags him down to the basement of the castle and sprinkles Dracula's ashes inside this big coffin sort of a thing. And that's uh, who's the guy around the back feet, lifts him up, dangling over the top of this, slits his throat. Blood drains him mixes with Dracula's ashes, and Dracula is reborn. So it is what I remember looking at the timeline on the DVD player. I think it was just over 40 minutes before Christopher Lee makes an appearance in this film as Dracula. But he turns up, uh, kills the wife of the guy that was sacrificed to bring him back, and attempts to kill the other couple but uh, during the struggle they manage to escape and the wife is slightly injured and uh, they're found by the monk on the side of the road, he takes them back to the monastery, he explains everything about what's happening, who Dracula is how he can be beaten and whatnot and you know it's just Dracula has had a taste of this guy's wife and he's not going to be content until he makes her his uh, oh I should say the wife he didn't kill the wife of the first guy it was sacrificed for him he turned her she's one of the undead now so Clove, Dracula the undead wife of this guy turn up at the monastery to try and gain entry to kill the girl and whatnot and you know of course vampires can't come in without uh, an invitation but there's a guy that's been living in the monastery for 11 years that was found crazy in the forest which if you do the math is two years before the events of the forest fall. So he may be in the first film, I I can't say that with any degree of knowledge at this point because I'm pretty sure at some point I've probably seen it in the past. This film here, there's a few familiar parts to me. I haven't seen it as a child at some point, but you know, seeing it again in the fall was a total treat last night. So uh, this guy, of course, helps Dracula gain entry to the monastery. He gets in. Trying to get the woman eventually Manages to kidnap her and try to take her back to his castle, so It's a race against time basically for her husband and the monk To hunt Dracula down and try and kill him um, and I'll tell you how it happens at the end, but it's it's. I remember It always been a thing with these hammer films when Dracula was concerned it was It got to the point where a new one came out and you are kind of more or less interested to see how he was going to be resurrected and how they were going to kill him by the end of it. They do manage to kill Dracula by the end of this film, but I'm not going to tell you how. You can go and check it out for yourself. It's a pretty good film. I enjoyed the heck out of this. Uh, Looking back now at the, the visual effects for the day weren't bad the horror itself was pretty good but you know whenever you stack it up against stuff that you see these days like at the moment me and my brother are watching and i have i haven't seen it up to this point as the series sleepy hollow and in all honesty the horror and whatnot the visuals that are happening on that tv show are miles ahead and more graphic than the hammer horrors ever were but you know there's a lot of these films that have got that psychological age that will you'll see so often it'll probably play on you for a long time I can remember a film as a child and it was such a simple thing but it freaked the life out of me when I first seen it it was no idea what the film was I wasn't that old at the time but it was an old town kind of a set piece and there was just these pair of crazy eyes that you could see it was like someone hiding behind a wall watching someone walking past and all you actually seen was from here to here just the eyes and nothing else and that visual alone freaked me out for a long time is just the way it was set up the way they went through with it and whatnot uh it was just that was a mind It just got into your head and just played with you, at least it did with me. And there's a few other things over the years that, you know, the sort of, not jump scares, but the sort of good setups that just kind of play on you long after you've finished watching the film. You're not going to get that with Dracula, Prince of Darkness, but this is a very enjoyable film. Um, It was great to see from the little bits and pieces I can remember from my childhood it's great seeing Christopher Lee in the role of Dracula once again and ah it doesn't utter a word the entire film he just kind of hisses and growls and screams (laughs) so uh definitely go and check it out this is definitely like the third film on the box set so far I've enjoyed the absolute crap out of all three of them so far haven't came across anything bad yet in the box here, but I'm gonna be as honest as I can in the reviews. I've, I'm not gonna blow something up if it's not good. If it's not a good film, I'll let you know. I have been criticised in the past for being very positive in my reviews, but that's that's just me. I have got the tendency as someone that has an interest in and indie film that has attempted to make short films of my own in the past. I do have a real appreciation for how bloody difficult it is to make a short film or a feature film in the first place so the fact that they're even on DVD or you know video on demand whatever it may be if it's got to the point where it's been made and released and out there that's something to be respected in my eyes and I can from that perspective really see for most of the time, I can really see a positive side to each and every film, even though it's bad. I'll try and find something good on it, uh, just in the way that it's maybe even put together. But I digress. I'm just I'm talking a lot of nonsense now. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Check out my social media links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening.